With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. <laughs> Hallelujah. And thank you, Jesus. Let's get into this Bible study. I am loving it. Um, we are not going to be in the book too much tonight because we're going to take a portion of where we are on page, uh, what is this? Um, nope. Yeah, 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 right here. 110, page 110 in the book. Pigs, oh, I think that's on speaker. Let's take that off. Okay. Okay. So, Pigs in the Parlor, and we're looking at page 110. Um Pigs in the Parlor is called A Practical Guide to Deliverance by Frank and Ida May Hammond. We're using that as a backdrop to our Bible study. And and uh, we're going to be looking at page 110. Let's open in prayer. Father, we just bless your name and we honor you for being such an awesome God to us. We pray right now in the name of your son, Jesus, that you reveal everything that we need to reveal out of your word to teach and to uh, experience your revelation knowledge. God, we just thank you today for all that you're doing in our lives and all that you have said we could experience. And then those things, oh God, that you're allowing us to walk out, walk through. We just bless your name. Father, we pray that you will have your way tonight. In the name of Jesus, we pray for each and every person, oh God, that their hearts, their minds, their ears uh, would be open to hear your word, that the word would be received, and that they would bear much fruit. Thank you, dear Lord. For what you're doing already, thank you, O oh God, what you promised to do. And, God, we just look forward to what's going to happen tonight. Thank you in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen, amen, and amen. Amen. Tonight we're looking at page 110. And on page 110, uh, midway down, uh, where is it? Okay, here it is. It says here, it says, it is now the responsibility of the church to execute that judgment. When we rise up against the demons with the authority of the name of Jesus and the power of his blood shed, his shed blood, the demons have no choice but to yield. Do you believe it? Do you believe that? This is, listen, this is our one-two punch. This is our one. When we start talking about in the name of Jesus, let me tell you, that is the power of your punch. In, in some, some instances, um, they, they, uh, folks would, back in the day, they would put brass knuckles on because they knew their fist wasn't strong enough or their fist wouldn't do the damage that they wanted to, to do to this other person, so they would put brass knuckles on, and and that would add that extra power 
to their punch. I mean, you could really do some damage. For the believer, let me tell you something. If you're not praying in Jesus' name, and we're going to really walk through this thing, there's a lot in the in the prayer of Jesus' name or in Jesus' name. Excuse me. You um, you you really need to operate in Jesus' name, and we're gonna we're gonna talk a lot about that tonight. Uh, uh, more than half of of our um time tonight is going to be shared talking about the uh, power that's found in His name. Okay, first and foremost, we looked at uh, John chapter fourteen. We're gonna go back there again. Uh, John chapter. We're looking at John chapter fourteen, and we're looking at thirteen and fourteen. 13-14, okay? And listen to this. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything, you see, this is reiteration. When you reiterate, you're saying, hey, I want you to get this. You, you ask anything in my name, and I will do it. Now, again, you've got to get the context of what's being said. We're going to look at... Uh, same book, looking at chapter 16, and then we're going to look at 23 and 24. 23, not 44, 24. There we go. John chapter 16, verses 23 and 24. Same, same concept. Love it. Now, again, you've got to understand when, when it comes to uh, I say this often when it pertains to you being in the service, someone else was in the service, you say, how was the service? You say, man, the service, uh, it was dead. You say, how was the service? Wow, it was powerful. Two different people, two different views, same service, powerful. Why? Because the Holy Spirit did something in me. No, the guy wasn't as exciting as another speaker. He, His voice may have been monotone, you know, when he was speaking, but the word that he spoke was relative to where I'm at, and it was accurate to the word of God. That was the power for me. Somebody else, oh, he's putting me to sleep because he's not excited. He's not hooping. He's not um, jumping around. But I'm telling you the God's truth. I get so much out of a Charles Stanley, a Charles Stanley kind of teacher. Some folks hate on uh, Joel Osteen. I can get a lot out of what Joel teaches. Why? Because it's not about the person. Too many people get tied up in a person, get tied up in the way they present. you got to really, listen, when you really want to be strong in the Lord, you want to, everything is geared up off of how valid is the word that he's teaching. How valid, I mean, is this real? Is it true? And then when you know for yourself, because of all the studying that you're doing, when you know for yourself, oh, that's a powerful word. Why? Because it lines up with the word of God. In chapter 16, verse 23 and 24, another uh, uh, view, not the same situation, but another view of that same concept. Here we go. It says, and in that day ye shall ask me, mm-hmm, ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. Hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name. Ask, and it shall, and ye shall receive. Ah, thank you, God. That your joy may be full. 
All right? And here in my notes it says read it in the Message Bible. And I'm going to drop down. Good. 23 and 24 is broken out. It says this. This is what I want you to do. Ask the Father for whatever whatever is in keeping with the things I've revealed to you. I hope you hear me. See that? The 23 in the King James, it says, And I say unto you, Whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it. 23 in the message says, It needs to be keeping with the things I've revealed to you. So when you ask in Jesus' name, it's very, very important that you understand that concept concept of asking in his name. Ask in my name according to my will, he and he will most certainly give it to you. Your joy will be a river overflowing its banks. Good God. Listen. Whew. This is where your power is. This is where your joy is. See, many times we're trying to find joy or happiness or, or, or some sense of life fulfillment in something else. It's found in doing it God's way. It's found doing it according to the character and the principles that God has set forth in who? In Jesus. All right? Here we go. So over and over again, the scriptures uh, we read, in my name, in Jesus' name, or in his name. The devil, the devils were powerless because of the name. That's Luke chapter 10, verse 17. Luke chapter 10, verse 17. The demons were cast out in his name. Mark chapter 16, verse 17 and 18. Healing. You got salvation and baptized in his name. Healing, salvation, and baptized in his name. Now, uh, the thing that we're really going to look at is praying, because those other ones I just mentioned. But when it says, he also says, pray in his name. John chapter 14, 13, and 14, we've already read it. And then John chapter 16, thank you, Holy Ghost. John chapter 16, verse 23 and 24, ask the Father in Jesus' name. So certain things he says bind and loose. He wants you to do that. Then he says certain things, ask the Father. He say, Jesus, please, Jesus, please, Jesus, we want you to do that. He said, nah, uh ask the Father, even though we are one, ask the Father in my name. Oftentimes you heard Jesus when they referred to him in a question. He constantly directed everything to the Father, to the Father, to the Father. And even here, ask the Father in Jesus' name. But what does it mean to pray in the name of Jesus? So we're going to look at that. What does it mean, if you want to write a question down at the top of your page, what does it mean to pray in Jesus' name? And we've got how many? Six? Six items. What does it mean to pray in Jesus' name? From page 110, I told you about the one-two punch. The name of Jesus. you got to understand there's authority, there's power, there's everything uh, in Jesus' name. We are, listen, number one, we are admitting bankruptcy. Now, I took this, and, I'm, and I'm, I apologize, I cannot give you the reference um, website, but it's actually a sermon. I think it's a sermon in the name of Jesus, and if you punch that in in the Google 
it'll probably give you the um, it'll give you the uh, scripture, not the scripture, the website where it is. But I didn't get that that uh, website. But you can actually look it up. Sermon colon in the name of Jesus, John uh, fourteen and sixteen. So number one, and this is pulled from a website. And as I'm doing my research, when I see something good. I'm going, you know what, I'm going to share this during the Bible study. It is so very powerful, and it gives you, again, that, that, that energy, that food, that meat, those weapons that you need to fight this battle. First and foremost, it says, well, number one, not first and foremost, but number one, it says, we are admitting the bankruptcy of our own name. And me, I'm, you know, I'm always uh, making things brief, bankruptcy of my name bankruptcy of my name it says here you got to come boldly because the power is in the name and he's and here it says it's just like a bride who is abject she is from abject poverty to marry a wealthy husband so she's in poverty he's wealthy but once she gets well well married to him at that point the woman takes on uh, her husband's name, who is wealthy, and now she's entitled to all that he has. She's no longer she no longer acts in her name, but in his name. And I thought that was a great example. Sometimes I'll see an example. I go, uh, no, I'm not going to use that. But I thought it was great. Now, yeah, she was in poverty, and uh, who was it? Ah. Uh, 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 was it Naomi? Not Naomi. Ruth. Thank you, Jesus. The Ruth, and then she married her Boaz, and Boaz again was wealthy. Ruth was poor, but once she married into Boaz's family, guess what? Now she's got all rights. So number one, your bank. My name is bankrupt. I ain't got no power in the spirit. I have no power in the spirit. If I say in Tracy name, in Shepherdson name. But when I say in Jesus' name, my name now becomes, I, I operate in the power of his name. Number two, identify with. Identify with. Who do we identify with? I know you done wrote it down already. We identify with Jesus. We identify with Jesus. When I use the name, I am confessing that he is mine and I am his. It is like going into a bank of heaven, knowing that you ain't deposited anything, but you go in his name and you get absolute, if I go in my name, I get absolutely nothing. I go in his name and guess what? Unlimited funds in heaven. Cattle on a thousand hills down here on earth. Listen, that don't tell the half of it. In the bank in heaven, when you go in Jesus' name, you identify with Jesus. First, your name is bankrupt. Second, you identify with the person of Jesus Christ. And he has granted me the privileges of going to the bank in his name. Jordan just had to make a return, and he had to go to the store and make a return. They possibly was going to put it back on my card. He said, Dad, I need your card. Why? Because they may, in order to put it back in, into my account, they may need my card. Swipe my card, it goes back into my account. When I go to heaven, I take his card. When I go in prayer, I take his card, okay? Number three, we pray in his authority. 
Make it in brief, authority. What do I get in his name? Authority. We are like a child who picked up a police. Now, this is what they say. They said a, a child, I would love to say just a regular person, but the example was a child who picked up a police hat. And and Lord knows, with just a hat, I don't think it's enough, but hey. And then wandered out into busy into a busy intersection and began to direct traffic. Now, I could see a man or even a teenager and especially some of the guys that are really big, to put on a police uniform, nobody knows he starts to operate in the authority of an officer. And that's what you do. See, when you pray, you you got a whole different, that's why some folks pray a mealy mouth prayer. Sometimes that's why people pray a skeptical prayer. You can hear it in the words that they use. No, 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 you're not praying in confidence. You're not praying with the what? Authority that you're supposed to pray with. When you step into that uniform, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I take authority over every demon that's been assigned to my family. Oh, what do you mean you're taking authority over the demon? Why? Because I know I have authority. I take that authority in the name of Jesus. And and I'm not reminding God. Honestly, I'm reminding myself. I'm reiterating to myself. I'm speaking it to myself. Sometimes you got to speak some things to yourself in order for you to finally let that thing soak in. It didn't sink in the first time you heard it. It didn't sink in the second. But by God, the third time you heard that thing, you started operating in the authority. Number three. Number four, submit. Submit to what? His will. Submit to his will. Jesus' authority rested with his submission to the Father. Yes, he was equal. I love that scripture that says he was equal with God. He thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but he he did not take that authority. He did not move in, in that equalness with God. You know, that's what Satan, uh, when he was Lucifer, he saw himself, and he was worshiping God and leading, and he was the head worshiper. And, and then all of a sudden he got prideful, and he wanted not submitted. He was not submitted to God. you got to submit your will to God's will. Thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of what? No reputation. Okay? Jesus' authority rested in his submission to the Father. Authority rests with our submission to Jesus. His nat his I'm sorry, his nature is one of submission. So what does that say? Our nature should be submission to God. God is not our will but your will. It's not what I want to do but what you want me to do. It's not how I feel. It's me submitting to you. Number five, we are representing him and his interests. Representing his interests, him and his interests. We are representing him. Let me put a one there. I usually do a one, two when I got two things. And his interests. Okay? Here on earth, we are his representative. Power of a, it's like giving power of attorney. One person may represent another in his absence, so they give them what? Power of attorney. Jesus has given Right to use his name in every situation. Father, I need you in the name of Jesus. I need you right now. Why? Because I know, guess what? He's hearing me. 
I know it makes the, uh, uh, they often say if you say certain things on the phone, that um, the, the government has, you know, to, to uh, um, be able to, to uh, deal with terrorists, if certain things are said, the, the, there's a computer system that records everything that's said after that because that's how you track terrorists, certain code words and things of that nature. Well, let me tell you something. That's in heaven. When you say in Jesus' name, that seals the deal. What you say is going to be accomplished when you're in line with what? These things that we're talking about. We're, we're talking being bankrupt, identity with the person of Jesus Christ. Knowing your authority. See, all of this mindset, when you say in Jesus' name, all of this has to be there in your mind in a, not fresh, that's not the word, in a very relative way. This this is what causes the power. Uh, uh, there's uh, some um, kids, a kid's cartoon, Wonder Twin Powers. And, and and they have these rings on, and when they put those rings together, they say one to twin powers activate, and you you can't say one to twin power activate, and you only got one one fist and one part of the ring. You need both of them. Hold on a second. This is unusual. I'm I'm in Bible study, young man. But what's going on? I know what's going on. Okay. Okay, sorry about that, folks. I thought it was an emergency because he knew I was in Bible study when he left. I said, oh, he got my card, too. I better take this call. <laughs> Wonder Twin Powers activate. And, again, you got to have both parts of this thing. you got to have both parts. And, 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 and this is more than one part. This is more than two. This is six parts. All of this has got to be active in your mind. You got to have that authority. You got to submit to his will. And that's, let me tell you, number four is so important because some folks, again, they want to use in his name, but you don't know the will of God. You don't know the will of Christ. You, you're not in line with the move of what's happening on earth. So, you, so you're trying to, to, to get things. You're trying to be, be grand. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I don't even use that. You know that's the Holy Ghost. You're trying to be grand. Wow. Whew. I, now that's helping somebody. I don't know who it was, but the, you, you, the, your purpose is not to be grand. Your purpose is to submit to his will. Number five, represent him and his interests. And that's in every situation. Number six, watch this. Number six, it says, we pray expectantly. We pray expectantly in accord with the value of his name. Here it is again. In accord with the value of his name. You listen, don't be doing nothing. You 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 um something cheap. You don't you don't do stuff like that. You don't have it being attached. Um the other day I, I called uh, Deacon Shepherdson and I asked her for a phone number and she gave me the phone number and she inadvertently Two of the numbers got twisted up, and I thought it was the alarm company, and the the number when I doubted, all of a sudden a lady's voice comes on. Hi, I'm feeling really playful tonight. I would like for somebody to play with me. I said, Lord have mercy. What? What kind of security service is this? 
inadvertently the last two numbers from 20 to 7. It was 2-0 what I received. It was 7-0, which it was supposed to be, but I got attached, uh, attached to the wrong number. Now, here it is, me, and that number shows up on my phone. No, no, no. I don't want anything like that in accordance to his values. Uh-uh, I don't want that kind of number. Now, that was an incident, accident, and, and you know, that's not going to show up on it. It'll appear to be an accident. But when you're in God, when you're using this name, you got to be in accord with the values of his name. You represent. See, some folks, I don't know, they may not look like they, they, they may not really believe that they represent. When you take up the name of Christ, you take up to represent him. And that's why some folks' uh, prayers don't get past the ceiling. Why? Because they're not representing well. They're not representing. you in accordance to his values, the values of his name. Pray with great. You can have excited, be excited and expectation, not observation. See, some people pray, oh, and now they observe, and they observation, not expectation, but they observation. They are trying, let me see if this, no, no, no. I know my God hears it. I know he hears me. I know he hears my prayer, and I know that he's going to answer. Whether his answer is yes, no, or wait, guess what? He's going to answer me. Why? Because I have that assurance. All right, let's review real quick for those latecomers because when I looked, the number grew. I peeked back at the the uh, roster, and the number grew, so that means somebody just coming on late. Thank God for you coming. But, however, let's run it over. Number one, you want to admit that you're bankrupt. Your name is bankrupt, okay? Number two, identify with the person of Jesus Christ. Identify with the person of Jesus Christ of who Jesus is, when you use his name, that's what we're talking about. When you use his name, your name is bankrupt, and you identify with the person of Jesus Christ. you got to know what he stood for. Thank you, Jesus. Number three, then you got to pray with authority. When you pray, praying with authority doesn't mean you have to yell. Even though yelling comes out sometimes, sometimes it comes out in an authoritative tone, but you don't have to have an authoritative tone. Jesus did a whole lot of stuff, and a lot of times it never said he raised his voice. Authority, you don't have to raise your voice. I often use uh, Michael Colleone from the, the, the movie The Godfather, and when he came to power, just like his dad, he was very soft-spoken. But what he said was, look, men would live or die by what he said. He didn't have to yell, kill him. Matter of fact, sometimes he didn't have to say anything at all. He would just give a look, and, and the guy knew what he meant. So your authority, you got to have authority. Number four, submit to his will. And, again, you're going to find out that this all lines up with you saying in Jesus' name, and you say in Jesus' name, and God look at what you're asking. He know goodness well you ain't lining up with these six principles. Submit to his will. Number five, represent him and what? His interests here on earth. Are you doing that well? And I'm talking in every situation, whatever it is. I, listen, you're going to find things. Oh, my goodness. God will just bless you, bless you, bless you. Why? Because you're li- your purpose is to line up with his will. Next, number six, expectation. Expectantly expectantly when we pray pray expectantly see you can have all these other five things 
and then mess it up with number six. Because when you're praying, you're not praying as if you're going to get anything. You're not believing it. God looking at your heart. He knows goodness well whether you believe you're getting ready to receive. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, drop that house right, drop it right in our lap in the name of Jesus. No, 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 I'm not talking about spending a dime. I ain't got to spend nothing. You Listen, you got to believe that you're going to receive. If it's a if it's a car, if it's a house, if it's a job, you gotta see some folk ask and they ask in Jesus' name, but deep down inside they know, and you know God knows that they're not gonna get it. They just believe it. God knows you're not gonna get it. I could give it to you, but you don't have any expectancy. Expectantly. We pray expectantly, okay? Now, that's it for the name. That was the little side sidebar for the name. Next in the book, it says, in the authority of the name of Jesus and the power of his shed blood. Now, I'm, I'm encouraging folks all the time, get in the Word. Please read the Word. Read the Word over and over again. Why? Because it's going to help you to understand when we're in prayer. Matter of fact, we're going to be in prayer tomorrow. And oftentimes, we're going to go through seasons. I'm talking 10, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. And you just hear folks, I plead the blood. I plead the blood. I plead the blood over this one. I plead the blood over that one. Well, again, just to say I plead the blood like abracadabra, I plead the blood. Abracadabra is going to happen. When I say abracadabra, it's a joke. When the magician or the uh, um, whoever, when he says it, he says it because he believes that there's power in abracadabra. He's a magic man. That's what he does. Magic is his thing. When I say it, it's a joke. Well, when some folks plead the blood, let me tell you something. It's a joke. You're pleading the blood, but you're saying it, and then you feel just like on the mountain. I believe it was Mount Carmel when when they had the battle going on, uh, the man of God against the prophets of Baal, and 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 when they started calling on Baal, and Baal didn't show up. <clears throat> Excuse me. Baal didn't show up. Guess what? Uh, the prophet of God said, "Hey, why don't you yell? Maybe he's asleep." Listen. When you plead the blood, nothing, and I'm telling you over and over again, there's nothing wrong with you being excited. There's nothing wrong with you raising your voice if that's the way God has given it to you. I'm just trying to make it clear that your, your understanding of pleading the blood and in the blood, the power that the blood has, you need to know that. Let's go over it. Number one, when it comes to the power of the blood, number one is forgiveness. Forgiveness. This is the understanding. When you say, I plead the blood, you got to have all this work. And I'm telling you, it's a lot, but you can do it. It is, it's forgiveness. Now, watch this. Under number one, we're going to walk through four different points under number one, and I'm going to get to them as quickly as I can. Number one, it says, for this is my blood in the new covenant. Now, n under number one, under forgiveness, Put remission of sin. Now, please get this deep down because some folks live in a, a life or they live, thank you, Holy Ghost, in a mindset of always being guilty. This thing says here, number one, remissions of sin. 
okay? Remissions of sin. Holy Ghost, you are so good. Tonight, I'm going to introduce you to another website. I probably mentioned it before, but not as much as BibleGateway.com. This one actually pulls up currently. When you pull up BibleGateway.com, you can literally pull up whole chapters, and they can run parallel five different chapters right side by side. This particular one is very good for pulling up, and it may have that feature as well, I just don't know it. As a matter of fact, I do see parallel right here um, as one of the icons. But what I'm going to pull up, wow, so I can count it here, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. So I'm believing it's 22 uh, different versions of the Bible at one time. It's called BibleHub.com. BibleHub, H-U-B.com. Excuse me. And and um, and what happens? And and I like this because it's it's relatively quickly to pull it up, and I can punch in Matthew, or I can just punch in M A T T, and then punch in twenty six colon twenty eight. Everything is based on the word. The power is in the word. Your, your, your deliverance is in the word. I'm telling you, find it in the word. Now, it pulls up all of these different translations right here parallel, right beside each other. Then it's going to give you cross-reference scriptures. Study Bible is going to give you something there. When it pertains to this particular scripture, it says, this is my blood. I'm reading out of the international, the new international version. It says, this is my blood of the, of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sin. So forgiveness of sin, the first scripture is Matthew twenty six twenty eight. remission of sin. All right? It has the living translation, the English standard version. Now, on this one, it actually brings up all of these different versions right there for you. You don't have to pick which five you want to look at. 22 different versions of the Bible, I see one of mine, the good words, God's, I'm sorry, God's words translation is on there. This is my blood, the blood of the promise. It is poured out for many people so that sins are forgiven. Now, you see how that, that different translation from the King James. Now, again, the reason we're reading, it's not that we're putting any more credence on this version over that version. I'm trying my best to understand. And if I don't get it straight from the Holy Ghost, I don't give up. I start looking at different translations, okay? So that's number one, under forgiveness. Number two, what does it do? Remission of sin. Number two, it is redemption. That's his blood. Redemption according to the riches of his grace. I'm not going to dig too much into it because the Holy Ghost got me on discipline. All right? I'm heading back up to um, BibleHub.com. I punched in EP 1 colon 7, Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 7. Watch this. Bam, let's see how fast it is. I thought I hit enter. Come on, thing. You're supposed to be moving fast. Bam, bam. Comes up real quick. Uh, the first one that always comes up for them, New International Version, it says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin, 
in accordance with the riches of his grace. And you know what grace is, unmerited favor. You did not deserve this. Please do not operate your life in your sin. If I sinned yesterday, listen, don't get yourself, don't start beating yourself all up. I know my Jesus forgives me, and I know my walk is not to walk in ignorance. It's not to walk according to the ways of this world. It's not to walk according to my flesh. It is to walk according to the word of God. It is to walk in righteousness. It is to walk in love, and the love of God dwells in me richly. So when I slip and sin, if I slip back into my old character, look, I know the word of God. I am forgiven, and I am redeemed. It is redemption. He is, watch this, Living Bible Translation. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with his blood. So I'm not living in my yesterday. Yesterday is gone. Yesterday is gone, sweet Jesus, and tomorrow may never be mine. Lord, for thy sake, help me to take one day at a time. Listen, I'm not living in my yesterday. You, you're messing up when you start listening. Listen, yesterday, this is what the devil does. Bring up your yesterday. If something comes back from yesterday that messes up your today, you need to watch. Keep it moving. All right? Number three, you're made near by the cross of Jesus who wants who once were far off, that's him, have been made near. We was far off from him. We've made near by what? The blood. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13. Okay, Ephesians 2, colon, 13. Bible hub, thinking. Bam, flips. Oh, I love it. Thank you, Internet. Thank you, Wi-Fi. All right, drop it down. I'm going to look at this real quick. Uh, what is one of those ones down here? This one says, World English Bible. World English Bible. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off are made near in the blood of Christ. All right? That's, what's, that's the reiteration. And I love, hold on, hold on, hold on. Where's God's Word translation. But now through Jesus Christ, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. This is what, when that blood, listen, when you read it, I pray to God that the Holy Spirit quickens you like John the Baptist when, when the mothers got together. Jesus was in his mama. John the Baptist was in his mama. They came together. John the Baptist, oh, God, he got a quickening in the body as a baby, as a little infant. He jumped in his mother's belly. Why? Because he got close to Jesus. I pray to God that when you hear this word, that you know, listen, I was a far away from Christ. But when that blood, when you start talking about the blood, when you read in your Bible, I pray to God that quickens in your spirit that you recognize what that did for you mm, i know what you really want to hear you want to hear somebody really break that word down listen you want to read that bible and have you a good time in the bed sitting at the kitchen kitchen counter and thank god for what he did with his blood on that cross so what do we do that's number oh god we gotta move all right, so we are made near by the blood, and then number four, last one in this area, and then we're going to move on. The last one in this area, and I'm not even going to go there, it says atonement for the soul. Good God Almighty, that's powerful. 
Let me tell you about atonement because, again, we hear it and then we, we know it, and you know what atonement means, or at least you used to, or at least you just you, you, you heard it, but maybe you can't bring it up. Write it down in your notes. Reparation for your wrong. That's what atonement is. For the wrong that's done, his blood makes atonement for my soul. That makes amends. It's paying for a wrong or injury. Okay? So the last one is atonement. The life of the flesh is in the blood. For it is the blood that makes atonement for the soul. Scripture, Leviticus, chapter 17, verse 11. Keep it moving. Thank you, Holy Ghost. <laughs> God is so good to me. All right? Now, number one was forgiveness, right? And then we walked through four different points under that. Number two. Now, if you're making it, it's a big number two. Those one, two, three, fours we went under are sub-points under forgiveness. Next one, number two. Make a whole new point when it comes to what? We, what we receive with the blood. When you plead the blood, you have this understanding. Deliverance is number two. You get forgiveness, you get deliverance. You get deliverance. But, Pastor, aren't we talking about pigs in the parlor? Aren't we talking about uh, deliverance and how to deliver? Listen, when you start operating, you got to know, I plead the blood. When the enemy pulls out something, pulls out something on you, let me tell you, to get you depressed, to get you uh, 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 dealing with that low self-esteem, when it gets you to doubting and things of that nature, and you plead the blood of Jesus over every demon, if, it's, if I'm hearing it, then that means it's close to me. If it's not that, then I'm pleading. Listen, if, if it's not the demon, then it must be a bad habit that I have. I'm pleading the blood of Jesus over my own mind. If it's not that, then guess what? It's that thing where it says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down a strong. Maybe it's a stronghold. I plead the blood of Jesus over this stronghold. They stopped selling Freon in the, uh, in the uh, automotive store, track auto in, AutoZone and uh, Advanced Auto. They stopped selling Freon in there because they found out that, especially in, in, in particularly when it came to the um, – uh, what do they call it, the club, folks would take that Freon spray, spray it on the club where folks were trying to protect their car, spray it on the metal. It would freeze the metal to a point where you could just take a chisel and tap the, the club right on off. It free. I'm talking it freezes. When you put that Freon all over it, it puts it in a place where a strong metal is brittle. And you could just crack it right on off. Let me tell you something. You better understand that the robbers knew that that Freon was going to freeze it. The robbers knew that all they could have to do after that is just tap it and it was going to fall off. You better know that when you plead the blood, you're pleading it with authority. You're pleading it knowing that when I plead the blood of Jesus, let me tell you, every demon, every stronghold, every ill thought, everything has got to go. Why? Because I'm pleading the blood. Under deliverance, number one, it destroys the power of death. It destroys the power of death. And what is that? That's the devil. That is the devil himself. It destroys the power. What's the scripture? And I got a reference, so I'm going back to um, uh, Bible Gateway on this one. Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 2 
And we're going to look at verse number 14. And it says, read it in the message, because when I studied it, it was in the message, and it, 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 boom, quickened in my spirit, gave me that kick. Since the children are made of flesh and blood, it's logical that the Savior took on flesh and blood in order to rescue them by his death. By embracing, help me, Holy Ghost, it said 14, right? Yep, by embracing, that's number 15, so I'm going to stop right there. Since the children was made, made of flesh and blood, it is logical that the Savior took on flesh and blood in order to rescue them. Listen, this is what this blood does. It's deliverance for me. I am rescued by this. It destroys the power of the devil that he had over me. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy yeah, I, I need. I needed to go on. Yeah, that's where it is. Thank you, Holy Ghost. He needed by death. He might destroy him that had power over death. That is the devil. Okay, that's what it was. I needed to keep reading. By the embracing, embracing death. By by embracing death. This is the message translation again. And I'm going on from the period. I thought that was the end. The Message Bible runs everything together, so you can't tell where 14 starts and 15, where 14 ends and 15 starts. So I thought I was at the end, but here it is. Here, by embracing death, take it into taking it into himself, he destroyed the devil's hold on death and freed all who cowered. Yeah, this is it. Who cowered through life. Scared to death of death. There you go. Thank you, Holy Ghost. He always helps me out. Watch this. So what happened, we've got to understand that the devil had power in the area of death. You got some folks still today afraid. They just afraid to die. They are afraid. They are so fearful of death. If this happens. Listen, when you get to the place where you can say, you know what, if I die, I die. It's better for me. Listen, it's better for the folks here on earth if I stay alive. But for me, I'm, I'm, this is what Paul said. For me, it's better that I go on and be with the Father. It's better. And I pray to God I ain't got to go through no whole lot of pain. And, yeah, I may not be afraid of death, but you sure enough don't want to go through no whole lot of pain. No, I don't want to live in pain. I don't want to be preparing to die for five years, and I've been in pain for the last five years waiting to die. But the, 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 the concept of death, absent from the body, present with the Lord, I'm going on to be with my Father. The dead in Christ are going to rise, rise first, and then we which are alive and remain going to be caught up. So I'm going to go on to be with the Father, absent from the body, present with the Lord, and then when he calls everybody together, I'm going to get up to meet him before everybody else. So my soulish nature, which cannot inhabit the, the, the uh, uh, heavenlies, I'm going to already be present with him, and then when he catch everybody up, the sea, thank you, God, the sea going to give up its dead, the grave going to give up its dead, and then those who are uh, um, still alive, they're going to be caught up, and everybody going to meet him in the air. Okay? So, so this concept of death and being afraid of death, you've got to understand, in deliverance, he destroyed it. Number two, he delivered us from the power of darkness. 
he delivered us from the power of darkness. Now, I got to move, so I'm going to hit these next ones because I got one more after that, and I want to get to that. Okay? He delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into his kingdom of his son's love. Now, I got a highlight right there. I'm not going to deal too much with it, but let me tell you something. I just want to highlight. He he translated us into the kingdom of his love. And the scripture here is Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. In whom we have redemption through the blood. So that's deliverance. And you know what? I'm going to add. Yeah, and I have it highlighted already. I'm going to have deliverance, deliverance from the power of darkness and then redemption through his blood. That's what we get. We get redemption. So make sure you make that bowl under number two. Redemption through his blood. And that's forgiveness of sin. And again, over and over again, you start to know that guess what? I, I'm, I'm redeemed. I'm forgiven. I'm redeemed. I'm forgiven. You got to start operating in that, okay? And that was Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. Number three, having disarmed principalities and powers. So the devil has no power over you. You're not praying no mealy-mouth prayer. Listen, every principality and power that's been assigned to this family, in the name of Jesus, I plead the blood over my family and over every heart, over every soul. I break the power of the devil that comes against my family member. Every ill thought, every uh, uh, thought of division, that the enemy would try to sow into my marriage in the name of Jesus, I break it and destroy it. I pulverize it. Good God Almighty, I don't just destroy it. Destroying it, guess what? You can break it into many pieces, but when you pulverize it, you make it into powder. <laughs> Good God Almighty. Hallelujah. You pa- I pulverize it in the name of Jesus. I plead the blood. When you plead the blood of Jesus, what does it say? Number three, you disarm principalities and powers. He may a public spectacle of them triumphing over them. That's Colossians chapter 2, verse 15. So number two, we had Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. And number three, this disarming of principalities, what is that? Colossians chapter 2, verse 15, okay? Then number four, number four, he destroyed the works of the devil. Now this one I want to look up, and I'm going to look up, I'm going to look it up in the uh, Bible Hub. And that's Ephesians, da, 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 I'm sorry, that's First John. And we're looking at verses 3, colon, 8. And I say that because that's what you have to put in the middle when you're typing that in. So if you're there, make sure you put that colon, BibleHub.com. Uh, Bible now, I'm going to drop down, what is this? English Standard Version jumped out at me. It says, whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil. Good God Almighty. For the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared, hallelujah, was to destroy the works of the devil. That's why he came. So what the devil did and what he's doing is destroyed when you plead the blood. Number five, overcame. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. What does it do? It makes you an overcomer. By the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. By the blood of the lamb 
in the word of their testimony. And some folk don't share their testimony. They want to act holy. They don't live holy, but they want to act holy. They want to act righteous. But let me tell you something. There's power in your testimony. There's power in that I'm, I'm, that I'm messed up. I'm messed up. But thank God for Jesus. Thank God for his blood, okay? The scripture there is Revelations chapter 12, verse 11, and it says that. They overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony, all right? Revelations chapter 12, verse 11. Now, we've got number one, forgiveness, four points. Number two, deliverance, five points. And now number three, we're going to have two points, and this one is protection, See, when you plead the blood, inside you, you got to have this working knowledge. I'm forgiven. I'm delivered. I got deliverance in the blood, and there's protection in the blood. Now, two different areas in the blood, you're saved, and then you're surrendered. Saved and surrendered, and that's going to do it for us tonight. Saved and surrendered. All right? Number one, saved. Now, what does it say here? It says, in order to be able to plead the blood of Jesus for any kind of deliverance or protection, you may need, I'm talking anything that you may need, there are two requirements that you must meet. Number one, you've got to be saved. This is why it's so important. When you know somebody's having a hard time and they're not saved, they've they got to get saved. You can't plead the blood and you ain't saved. The enemy, listen, the enemy will run roughshod over you. He will take advantage of you. He will totally dog you out if you're not saved. And your confidence has got to be in your salvation. I love it when the Lord laid out the plan of the, the armor and he put the helmet of salvation, which is the, uh, uh, the helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation over your head, in your head. You've got to keep these thoughts roaming. I'm saved. Hold on a second. I don't do that because I'm saved. I got this power because I'm saved. I'm protected because I'm saved. I got this deliverance because I'm saved. I can do this. Why? Because I'm saved. You must be a saved and born-again Christian. A non-believer cannot use the blood of Jesus. In the story of the um, Passover, only God's chosen people were allowed to apply the blood of the lamb on the doorpost. So it's the same in the New Testament. You Only born-again Christians, believers, can use the blood of Jesus for deliverance and protection. You've got to be saved. It's important to get saved. It's important to know that your family members saved. Yeah, they said they're Muslim. You better start pleading the blood of Jesus. You better start fighting on their behalf. And I'm talking fasting and praying. You better start, listen, binding and loosening. Why? Because there's no salvation in that, in that, in that, in that religion. You, you're not going, listen, I don't know how you're going to do it without Jesus, without accepting the blood of Jesus. All right? Number one, what? You're saved. Let me see if I got that. Yep, yep, yep. And then, number two, you got to be surrendered. Full surrender. Not just half, not just partial. I like the way they put that. The full surrender. you got to be totally surrendered. 
many times what happens with, with believers when when the God starts protecting them and the devil starts to lay back because God's hedge of protection like he did with Job, he, he was going after Job, but he couldn't get to Job because there was a hedge of protection around Job. So when the enemy is trying to get at you and he can't get to you, sometimes what happens in some believers is that they get cocky. They start believing they got it like that. Let me tell you, you got to stay in a, a mindset of surrender and that I can't do it without you, God. You got to stay in that tearful, almost tearful humility of surrendering that, God, I, can't, I need you. I need you every day. I need you every hour. However, for those who are already saved and born again Christians, there is now one more big thing that you will have to do before you can start getting God's best to start flowing in your life, which will include getting his maximum protection. That's where we are. It's protection. To get this maximum protection in your life, and that is to be willing to make a full and complete surrender to your entire being and your entire life. Some folks, again, they, they yield this area, but listen, Friday night, God, that I, you don't have, I don't, I'm not bringing you there. I'm not taking you with me in any shape, form, or fashion. Friday night belongs to me. Sorry, God, I know I didn't take you with me on Friday, but this is Saturday, and I can't take you with me tonight. Uh-uh. Every area of your life has to be surrendered. You can plead, plead, plead all you want. You can say all your words, and you got your words, you, you got all your words in line. You sound real Christian-y. You sound real Christian-y, but every area of your life, when you plead the blood, you surrender. Lord, Lord, listen, I understand that there's some areas of my life that are not right yet, and I'm pleading the blood of Jesus and fighting because I want to be right. Listen, when God sees your heart like that, you are totally saved and you are totally surrendered. Let me tell you something. He can work miracles through you. You have to be surrendered in order, enabled, in order to be able to, to step from the dugout onto the real playing field where the real walk with the Lord is really at. God, watch this, God is wanting you to fully surrender four specific things to him. Write them down. Surrender your body. Surrender your soul. Surrender your spirit, and then, excuse me, your entire life. You say, well, if he got my body, my soul, and my spirit, he got my life. No, 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 he doesn't. <coughs> excuse me, because he has it through salvation, but when it comes to surrendering, sometimes we've got these protections from God, but we won't surrender our life. So we keep living in a way that's displeasing to God. When you really want to operate in the protection that God provides for you, you have got to – I'm looking for a piece of paper. I apologize. Oh, here we are. You have to surrender your entire life, body, soul, and spirit. And that's what it tells us. Those three parts, your, that completes your, bend, uh, your, completes your being, surrendering over to him. The fourth thing that God will also want from us is that surrender of your entire life over to him. And when I say entire life, I mean literally 
everything in your life. Everything. And you're going to see he's going to move. You're going to see his power. You're going to see that anointing. You're going to see that peace. You're going to see, listen, you're going to see demons moving. When the demon don't move, listen, I'm talking back to God, asking him in a very respectful but very uh, bold. This is my dad, and I know he has the answer, and I know what he told me I can do. Why isn't this demon gone? Father, help me out. Why isn't this demon gone? And I'm coming boldly. I'm not coming mealy mouth. I'm not coming, oh, in my sins from yesterday. I'm coming boldly before him, knowing that, guess what, he's got the answer. Time's up. Thank you, God. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you and praise you. We thank you for your word going forth tonight, and we thank you for finding a resting place in our heart. We pray right now, in the name of Jesus, that you will move by your spirit. We plead the blood of Jesus over each and every life and each and over family that's represented on this call. We pray, O oh God, a spirit of authority to take hold on their life. We pray in the name of Jesus that you will move in the folks' lives and in the ministries that they represent like never before. Guard them on every side. Keep them, O oh God. Let them operate in the authority that you have given them, submitting their will unto you, representing you, O oh God, in every area of their life, your interests and not their own. Let them pray, O oh God, with expectation. Let them take authority, we pray, in the name of Jesus. We believe you, O oh God, that you're going to move, O oh God, in their, in, their, in their lives and let them know that they are bankrupt, O oh God, and that your name has the uh, riches of heaven attached to it. Let them identify with the person of Jesus Christ. Then, O oh God, we pray in the name of Jesus that you will move in their lives, knowing, O oh God, that you are going to take authority in their life, O oh God. Let them plead the blood of Jesus. Let them operate in forgiveness and let them operate in deliverance. Let them operate in the protection that you have provided in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you, O oh God, for this move of God that is happening in our lives. We thank you, dear Lord, for this deliverance in these households as the names and faces pass through their minds even now. We speak deliverance, O oh God. We bind our prayers with their prayers that many demons would be put to flight in the name of Jesus, we speak deliverance and we speak life in Jesus' name. Peace in Jesus' name. God, we just praise you and we bless your name. Have your way. Hallelujah. In the lives of those who are here. In Jesus' name. God bless you. God bless you. I apologize. I went a little over. God bless you. Enjoy the rest of your evening. God willing, we'll talk to you on next week, uh, the 31st of August. Have a good evening. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.